Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about Hope, including our worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. Last week, we talked about the 17 wonderful ways that the Holy Spirit empowers us, and several have requested copies of that. Some of you took notes, but there are hard copies available at the information booth. There's also an electronic copy that's available at hopechurchmemphis.com empowered if you want those in, in writing. We also are going to have an extended podcast uh, video of conversation regarding the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We obviously cannot cover such a broad topic in four weeks of sermons. And so in two or three weeks, you are going to have available to you an extended podcast led by myself, Pastor Eli, and some others on... um, other aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit that will be available in days to come. And I know that I have taken a deeper dive on this subject matter I did last weekend. Indulge me as I take a deeper dive this weekend on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Empowered. So what does it mean? to be led by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that can seem ethereal and eerie, but the Bible is replete with this language. What does it mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? Well, it does not mean following a feeling, although emotions are involved. It does not mean simply following a feeling, although emotions are involved. Rather, it means to be guided by an invisible presence, an unseen aura. To be guided by an invisible presence, an unseen aura that leads us through a set of concrete principles. It's a process that leads us through a set of concrete principles. It's a process. So being led by the Spirit is not just fate or chance or luck or karma or coincidence. It is being intentionally, purposefully driven and that through the Spirit of Jesus. There were no YMCAs in my neighborhood when we grew up. The ones that were nearest to us were in the white community near downtown and in Northeast Houston. My great aunt who owned a cafe, you've heard about her in some of my sermons, wanted to expose us to what she would call the other culture. We were about, I was about 12 and I had two younger brothers. So she took the time to go to the downtown Y and the Northeast Y and she came back and said, you'll be treated better at the Northeast Y. 
And so she bought three memberships. They were expensive for her, but she bought them for us for the entire summer. It was there at that YMCA that I first learned to swim. I'll tell you about that. But more important, I learned um, how to play baseball. I loved the game. I was quite good at it, still love it today. And baseball taught me a lot of things regarding life. But I also met Coach Scotty. Coach Scotty is the one who taught me the fundamentals of baseball. He was a 22-year-old graduate who wanted to teach baseball, particularly to African-American boys. And he was there on staff at the Y, and he created a baseball team, but he did not just want an all-white team. And so he recruited myself and my brothers and Tim Graves and Marion Bonton and Ronnie Green and James Lawrence and Roy Welch. You know them, right? And, and he taught us the game of baseball, and that launched me into exposure that I had never had before. My meeting Coach Scotty, this 22-year-old graduate who wanted to start an interracial baseball team, my aunt wanting to expose us to the why, choosing that Northeast why, was no mere fate or luck or chance or karma or coincidence. It was unknowingly being led by the Holy Spirit. Has that ever happened to you? I'm sure you can rethread back into your own personal history and see that even if I wasn't aware of it, I was being led by the Holy Spirit. Not just following a feeling, although emotions are involved, but rather being guided by a presence, an unseen aura that leads us through a set of concrete principles. It's a process that I learned day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And so the Bible teaches us in Matthew 4.1, fascinating passage to me. I'm going to read it in Matthew, and I'm going to read it in Luke as well. Then was Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hmm. Then was Jesus led by the Spirit into the wilderness or the desert for not a pleasant encounter, but to be tempted and tested and tried by the devil. Luke says it's this way. Now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit into the wilderness. We learned on last week that the Greek word ago 
led means essentially three things. It means to be under the influence, to be under the influence. You ever been under the influence of a drug, whether prescribed or not, that controlled your mentality, your emotions, even your physical agility that ever happened to you? Well, Paul puts the contrast and says, don't be influenced by wine, but be controlled or influenced by the Spirit. Let him control your emotions and your mentality and your mannerisms. So it means to be influenced. It also means to be carried along, to be brought along, to be carried or brought along. God, the Holy Spirit, brings us along in life. Sometimes we are very conscious of his presence, other times not. And we have to look back and see, he brought me along the way. And then it also means to be driven. Sometimes he leads us through prohibiting us from opening this door or walking through that door. So when we talk about being led by the Holy Spirit, let me review again what happens when he is transplanted into our souls. Because when Jesus was here on earth, he was confined to a geographical area there in Galilee, in the land of Israel. And that's why he said, as Brian talked about two weeks ago, um, that I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to come back. I'll send someone else. It's the spirit of Jesus, and he will indwell you. And I want to rehearse again what that means. I hope my board is working today. All right. Indulge me. This will represent the soul. Where did that come from? Get rid of that. Let me try again. This represents <laughs> This represents the soul. Okay. Woo. Can't be too slow. Every person has a soul and there are seven compartments in our souls. We have volition, we have intellect, we have conscience, we have emotions, we have self-awareness, we have memory, and we have vocabulary. Volition, the ability to choose. It makes us like God. We're made in his image. Intellect, the ability to think. No other creature on earth has those um, images of God. C, we have a conscience, the ability to know right from wrong. E, we have emotions, the ability to feel and have empathy and sympathy. S, self-awareness. We have the ability to know who's around us 
and what's in us. We have M, memory, the ability to recall. And then we have V, vocabulary, the ability to speak. This is our soul. It makes us like God. Now, uh, this will be a shorter sermon if you repeat that after me. You got this. Don't look at your notes. Look up at me. We have V, which is the ability to think. I, I mean choose. I, intellect, the ability to think. C, we have the ability to know right from wrong. E, we have the ability to sympathize or empathize. S, we have the ability to discern who we are, what's around us. M, we have memory, the ability to recall, and we have vocabulary, the ability to speak. And then as a Jesus follower, once I have submitted to the Lordship of Christ, something is added, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then comes to indwell me and regulate my volition and my intellect and my conscience and my emotions and my self-awareness and my memory and my vocabulary. He regulates that over time, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, so that I learn to bring glory to God, good for others, and growth to my highest potential. I have to be, I have to learn to be led. It is not just automatic. And the more I yield to him, the more he begins to fill the spaces of my soul so that I am choosing like him, thinking like him, feeling like him, aware like him, memorizing like him, and speaking like him. God the Holy Spirit has been sent to indwell us, to reside, and to regulate these compartments in our souls so that we can bring glory to God, good to others, and growth to our highest potential. Let me, let me see what this means practically for us. He is indwelling us, but it's not automatic. We can grieve him. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieve means to disappoint or to sadden. Sometimes it means to anger. This is language of accommodation to help us understand spiritual principles. The Spirit of God is not human. He really doesn't grieve, but this is language of accommodation to help us understand the spiritual principle. So we can grieve the Spirit of God. How does that happen? Ephesians 4, 26 through 30 says this, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. The one who steals must steal no more, but he must rather labor, producing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share with the one who has need. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but that which 
but if there is any good for the edification according to the need of the moment, say that, so that it will give grace to those who hear and do not what? Grieve the Holy Spirit. You see, when I'm angry and sin, I can be angry and not sin, but when I'm angry and sin, when I'm stealing, when I'm using unwholesome words that minister hurt instead of healing, I'm grieving the Spirit of God. When I have bitterness, I can't let go of wrath, anger, clamor, and slander. When I have these and not and along with malice, it grieves the Spirit of God. I can be led by the Spirit of God, but I have to learn how to be led. I can grieve Him, and then I can quench the Spirit of God. That means to extinguish or to minimize or to ignore or to resist Him. I can quench Him as well. Um, Paul tells us this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now notice the difference, uh, the differences when it talks about quenching versus uh, grieving. See that no one repays another evil for evil, but always seek what is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not utterly reject prophecies, but examine everything and hold firmly to that which is good. So how do I quench the Spirit when I am not rejoicing always, when I am not praying without ceasing, when I'm not giving thanks for not just some things, but everything. I am extinguishing, I'm minimizing what he wants to do in my life. So let's talk about Jesus being led of the Spirit. Let me give you a 100% guarantee today. It is 100% guaranteed that when you and I are being led by the Spirit of God, guided by an invisible principle that leads us to a set of concrete principles, when we're being led by the Spirit of God, 100% guarantee that he will bring us into some trials of adversity. I don't like that. But he will bring us into some trials of adversity. Look at what he did to Jesus. He was led by the Spirit of God into the desert, into the wilderness, to be tested, to be tried by the devil. And he did this. Jesus had no sin. And so it means this for us. Being led into trials of adversity does not mean because of some sin. God is trying to help us in other ways. It does not mean that I have sinned. But if I have and been led into a hard place, guess what? He will be with me, leading me out of it. And so being led by the Spirit will sometimes bring me to uncomfortable places and trials of adversity. Now, for Jesus, it was to demonstrate his power over the devil so that we know he has power over the devil and he can help us have power over the devil. But for us, why does he lead us 
through trials of adversity. Number one, it's to deepen our self-knowledge. He needs us to know more about ourselves, to deepen our own self-knowledge, to know more about what's in our souls. How many of you have said, I'll never do that? Don't raise your hand. I'll raise it for you. And you end up going through some adversity, and lo and behold, you end up doing what you said you would not do. He leads us into times of adversity to deepen our self-knowledge. Because I don't know about you, but there are times when I thought I was strong and I would never be weak in this area. And adversity, boom. And then there are times when I was weak and I said I could just never endure that area. And I found out I was strong. So he leads us in time, the trials of adversity, in order to deepen our self-knowledge. We need to know. He knows how we respond. But not only does he deepen our self-knowledge, but he helps develop our spiritual character. When we go through adversity, it develops our spiritual character. Yes, when times are good, we can develop some character, but if you're like me, and if I'm being honest, I develop most of my character in times of adversity. And in times of adversity, it develops my spiritual muscle. Let me give it to you this way, since we are all familiar with vaccinations during this time. We are inundated with a new vaccine. What does the vaccine do? The vaccine strengthens our immune system so that we will not utterly fall to the disease. And so adversity is like a vaccine. I may not like it, but it improves or it strengthens my spiritual immune system so that I will not be utterly defeated by the highs and lows, the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of life, because I will have them. So when we go through times of adversity, it is God the Father, through the Holy Spirit, giving us a spiritual vaccination, if you will, in order to strengthen our immune system, to come out on the other side stronger. And then lastly, he leads us through trials of adversity, they are designed to help us depend more fully on God. These trials are designed to help us depend more fully on God. If I'm not careful, I will be too dependent on human beings, men and women, or my job, or some other person. We are interdependent. We need each other. God has designed that. But we can't be codependent. That would be unhealthy. And I've lived long enough to know that when you are codependent on people or a job or this and not on God, you will be disappointed. People don't mean to, but they'll let you down. And sometimes adversity reminds me, you can't depend on P. 
people, human beings. We're interdependent, we need each other, but we cannot be codependent. That becomes unhealthy. I'm older than many of you, and I've lived long enough to know that men will love you today, but they'll be against you tomorrow. Men will fight for you today, but they'll fight you tomorrow. Men will walk by your side today, but they'll leave you tomorrow. And like Jesus learned, men will pull off their coats and let you walk on it and cry Hosanna this week. But the same man will have another song on his lips saying crucify him next week. Because you cannot codepend on men. And adversity teaches us to be more dependent on God who will never let us down. Here's the second reason he does it. He leads us uh, not only into trials of adversity, but to tackle some unpopular decisions. If you're being led by the Spirit of God, you are going to tackle some unpopular decisions. And when Jesus himself was being tested and tried by the devil, he made some unpopular decisions. The devil said, I know you are the son of God. I have no question in my mind. If you wanted to, you could take these stones and make them bread and satisfy this hunger that you have. But Jesus knew it was not the right time. It was not the right way. And he refused it. Well, if you don't want to do that, you want people to know who you are. Why don't you come to this mountain and jump down? You know you're not going to die because if you jump, angels will come and scoop you up. People will see that and say, oh, this is the Messiah. But Jesus knew if he had done that, he would never have been crucified, and then we would not have salvation. So he didn't do that. He tackled some unpopular decisions. Look at what the apostles did. They were told, do not preach in this name, Jesus, anymore. In fact, they had been reprimanded, put in prison, and beaten. And the next day, they were out preaching in his name. And they said to him, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than that's unpopular. I know, he said to you, but we are witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And when they heard this, they said, oh, we understand. We, we, we get it now. We didn't mean to offend you. Is that what they did? No, no, when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. If you're being led by the Holy Spirit, you are not always going to be liked. If you like to be liked, you are not going to like to be led by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because he will lead you to tackle some unpopular decisions at times. Let me close with this. Being led by the Spirit of God will also bring you into times of prosperity. <laughs> times of prosperity. Comfortable, contented places. He not only will lead me into trials of adversity, but he will lead me through those trials of adversity and into some times 
of prosperity. I love the way Luke says this and Matthew. And so when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him alone forever. No, he left him alone for what? An opportune time. So you can relax when you are not in a trial of adversity, but don't get too comfortable because he's only leaving for a season. But watch this. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and began to serve him. I like that. When he went through his trials of adversity, the Spirit of God also led him in the times of prosperity because angels came and ministered and served him. And when you have been led through adversity, here is what the Spirit of God would do. He would lead you also to some comfortable places. That's why the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me beside some still waters. And when he leads you to prosperity, enjoy it. Because he will lead me to adversity, but all the way through to prosperity as well. He'll give me some comfortable, contented times that I can enjoy in this life. I'll close with these two questions. What are you being led to do? What are you being led to do by the Holy Spirit that you have resisted? Is he leading you through a set of concrete principles, guiding you through this invisible presence to do something, but you resisted? And then here's the last question. What are you being led to undo by the Holy Spirit that you have persisted in doing? What are you being led to undo by the Holy Spirit that you have persisted in doing. Let's pray together. Gracious God, our Father, thank you for empowering us with this Spirit of Jesus that's been transplanted into our souls and regulates our volition and intellect and conscience and emotions and self-awareness and memory and vocabulary so that we're more and more conforming to your image. And all as you lead us, we know that you will be leading us, not just luck, not chance, not fate, not karma, not coincidence, but purposefully, intentionally, you will lead us through times of adversity to deepen our self-awareness, to develop our spiritual immunity, and to cause us to depend more fully on you. Leading by your Holy Spirit will cause us to have to tackle some unpopular decisions at home, in the marketplace, 
in our jobs, at our schools, with friends or with family. But you will also lead us to times of prosperity, comfortable, contented times for us to enjoy. So we thank you for your ministry to us. For the sake of the kingdom and glory of the high king, we do pray and praise you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openheisen, musical worship director at Hope. If you were encouraged by today's message, make sure to hit subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship experience, visit us online at hopechurchmemphis.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Again, thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast.